You will remember from last week uh, that we talked about the vision for the church going forward um, and I outlined for you uh, what it means to be a church on the way. Let me give you a very quick reminder in case you weren't here, uh, so just to help you catch up. Um, this uh, journey of ours being a church on the way has got three key elements, following, growing and going following Jesus, growing into the fullness of who he wants us to be, and then going and doing the things that he's got for us to do, the Great Commission. Um, As part of that, I just want to remind you that Alpha starts on the 26th of September. Um, I'd love you to invite someone, a neighbour, As you leave this morning, or even as I'm talking, in case you switch off as I'm speaking, uh, maybe ask the Holy Spirit, who do you want me to invite? And pluck up the courage this week to invite them on the Alpha course. Starts on the 26th. Or if you need a top-up, a little reminder, a refresher, then come on the course. Paul Bright is running the course uh, with a really great team. They'd love to have you join them. Um, Also, as part of... uh, uh, the vision, we've got one of the tracks is a kind of training track. So training, some opportunities for us to grow uh, in faith together. And the first one is this week, and it's on sharing your story here in church at 7.30. Um, if you want to come, you can either sign up on the web or just show up. be really helpful if you're not going to sign up, if you just let me know that you're coming on the way out the door. It's going to be a really uh, just core intro into how to share your faith well. I also introduced you to this strange word, this made-up word last week, co-mission. A reminder, the great commission, but that we don't do it alone. We get to co-labor with the King of Kings, to join in with what the Holy Spirit is already doing. And part of uh, outlining of the vision in this way is to say that actually God's got big things for us to do, but we don't do them all in our own strength. What we do is we, is we walk in step with the Holy Spirit and do the things that he's asked us to do. But it's also in the context of a very different culture. The world has moved. If you didn't see that picture last week, I can explain it to you more after the service. And then this big number. Uh, growing to be a church maybe of 750 people. Who knows what God will do? I'm not setting it as a target. I'm setting it as a something to annoy and irritate us and to set the bar a little bit higher so that we organize ourselves getting ready for whatever God wants to do. But that his strategy for growth is really simple. It's not a course or a program or even the training events that we're going to do. It's you and me living in the places where we live. Being obedient to him in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods. That's the plan. That's plan A. And a couple of things that we're going to do. We're going to try and make the way really clear. So we set out this pathway for people to follow Jesus. And we're going to start from where we are not from where we're not. That means you starting and me starting where we live, in the places where we already are. So that's a little refresher. Um, If you want to catch up, uh, the talk is online, um, and you can hear the whole thing. It got longer and longer as the day went on, so I'm sorry about that if you came to more than one. Um, Sorry, Pam. Um, 
So, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about habits. Part of the part of the way is to outline five habits that I think are really helpful for us in this season. To pray, to read, to join, to commit, and to give. Five habits, and we're going to talk about those today. But before we dive into the details, um, let's just talk a little bit about um, what habits are like. There are good habits, constructive ones, ones like walking the dog, you know, is a good habit. It's good for the dog, and it's also good for me. Any, any of you got dogs? Yeah, a few of you got dogs. You, you, know, you know what it's like if they haven't been for a walk? Uh, they either get kind of depressed or crazy. Um, and people are a bit like that as well. Uh, so, um, you know, walking the dog is a good habit. But there are bad habits as well. The bad habit might be starting the Pringles tube and finishing the Pringles tube. That's a bad habit. This is not good. And and if we do that every single day, well, there's going to be a lot more of us to look after over time. You know, this is not a helpful habit. Habits don't actually take very long to form. 30 days or so. You know, I, 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 I realized that, that my kids, after they went to school, were, were kind of leaving bedlam around the house. I'd spent probably two, you, anyone that's recognized any of this, I had probably spent two years or more trying to change their habits by getting them to switch out the lights. I'd even tried fining them. Uh, you know, basic family things that you do. Uh, the problem with finding them is I'm also the one that supplies the pocket money. It's, you know, it's a bit like tax evasion or something, so I don't know how that works. That, that had no success at all, so I set a new habit for myself, which was after they'd gone to school, to go round the house, switch off the lights, pick up the soggy towels, uh, and actually what I found is, is I no longer need to tell myself to do it, I, you know, I have a little reminder list. I just do it. It's become a habit. And I hope that what we talk about today, if it's not already a habit, and I know for many of you it will be, that it will become a habit. A good habit. Habits to read and pray to join, to, that's to be part of something small, to commit, to be part of something a bit bigger. I'm going to talk about that next week. And to give, to be living generously. It's not just about the money, but it's about the whole of the attitude about how we live. I don't know when you, what you think about when you think about habits and maybe um, quiet times. Was anyone else brought up on quiet times? Come on, you need to join in with this, otherwise it's going to be a dull talk. Raise a hand if you were brought up on a little bit higher. I know it's tough, getting getting past the shoulders nowadays. Um, I I, I was brought up on, on quiet times, and I'm really grateful for them in terms of building a solid foundation. But quite frankly, I got to my teenage years, and I was just grumpy about them. You know, the quiet time is is where you where you sit, and you start the day quietly, and you pray and you read a portion of scripture 
and it's a wonderful thing. But I, I, I grew up and I, and I thought that holiness equaled prayer plus reading every single day. And I began to see it as a formula, as a burden, and I grew to hate it. So I then kind of got into my, into my kind of mid, early twenties and I was like, freedom from the quiet time. I don't need to do this. I am free man. I can talk to God anywhere, anyhow. I can read the Bible anywhere. I don't need to be bound by this burden, this formula. It had become a burden. You see, this is not about a formula. What I'm encouraging into you, you into is not a formula, but a relationship. But it's also a relationship where training is helpful. I don't know whether you've heard the phrase, I think John Ortberg penned it, training versus trying. You know, there is this way of approaching uh, your daily time with God where you try and get into his presence. And what John Ortberg unpacks is that actually uh, that daily rhythm is not about trying to be in his presence. It's not about making effort, but it's about training you so that you are in his presence. It's about training you so that when you get to the middle of the day, you're aware of him. When someone cuts in in front of you in their car, <laughs> yeah, you don't need to feel that guilty. It's okay. Uh, you, you know, that you have a different response. Although sometimes I think actually bibbing the horn really hard is an okay response. I did do it the other day on the motorway as a truck kind of just mowed me down as I was trying to come in. And I was like, do you know, that, that is actually, that's not, and I did beat my heart. I was very cross. And I, no, I can't even claim that I asked for forgiveness afterwards. It was the right thing to do. He was a bad man. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But hopefully, actually, if you do the training in the morning, then what you know is God's presence in the afternoon. Training versus trying. I don't know whether you've um, come across this as an idea about what it's re- like to relate to God as well. Um, a- any of you remember wh- when the internet first arrived and you had a little kind of modem and it, and it made as it talked to some NASA probably um, through your phone line? Uh, you know, dial up, dial up internet, and then. And then dual line arrived. I remember being very excited because it was going to be twice the speed. It was going to be 128k. K. It was amazingly fast. Uh, you, you, <laughs> you could you could download a, the BBC News in 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 about a minute rather than five. Um, and then you know and then. Home broadband arrived and things got a bit faster and we had Wi-Fi and then 4G arrived. And I think I've come to understand prayer as being less like dial-up and more like 4G. 4G is like my phone is always on. It's always connected to the internet. It's always ready to communicate. There might not be much data, 
going across the line. But it's always there. It's always ready. It's not like we have to dial up. And the reason I'm encouraging you into a daily habit of prayer is I want all of us to be in the place where we're not having to dial into heaven, but we are open, ready, always on, and ready to hear what he's got to say. That Mess, that kind of analogy will be helpful for some of you and others of you will be going, what are you talking about? Don't worry, let's move on. The, one of the reasons why I think a daily pattern is so important is that what it does is it, is it puts us in the place of an overflow of God's grace in our lives. It puts us in a place of inviting the overflow of His grace in our lives. It puts us firmly, if you like, into the potter's hands where He can start to shape and mould us over time so that we're the best version of us that we could ever be his version that kind of thing doesn't happen overnight it doesn't happen by accident it happens by us continually placing ourselves into his hands to be shaped and molded I I don't know about you and this kind of goes back to the back to the formula thing you know I, I get frankly I get irritated if if everything is the same every single day. This is why I'm not a very, you know, I'm encouraging us into a time of daily prayer and Bible reading, but you also need to know that I find the whole process incredibly frustrating. Because if I get to do the same thing every single day, my my creativity just falls off. And I I get bored and irritated and and it's not good. So I want to encourage you into this not, not to make it boring for yourself. You know, to mix things up. To have a daily pattern, but also the freedom to do things differently and creatively. The important bit is that you have a daily habit, a pattern, a rhythm. Not that you do exactly the same thing at exactly the same time every single day. So let's look at these two habits that I'm highlighting today. Prayer and reading the Bible. To pray and to read. This then is how you should pray, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6. Our Father. See, you've got lots of these things in your head already. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. This pattern of Jesus, of praying. The Lord's Prayer declares firmly and squarely that we have been invited into the Father's presence. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
And when he teaches us to pray, he says, pray like this, our Father. Our Father. We get invited into the very presence of God the Father to pray for his kingdom to come, for his will to be done. And it's a daily thing. Give us this day our daily bread. If you're only praying for a day's bread at a time, then then you need to be praying every day. It's about this day. It's about not being led into temptation this day. I'd encourage you to make thanksgiving a key part of your praying. Follow how Paul lives a life of thanksgiving. There was a season in my life where because things were a struggle, I used to have to pray prayers of thanksgiving before my feet hit the floor while I was still in my bed, horizontal. And I would, the alarm would go off, I'd hit snooze, I'd spend seven minutes or however long um, Siri gives me as a snooze, and I'd spend that time just thanking God. You know, thanksgiving changes the atmosphere of our hearts. And let's make our prayer not just a list of requests to the King, but entering the presence of the King. You know, better that you sit there in His presence for five minutes and don't say very much than that you say so much that He doesn't get a chance to get a word in. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says this, I stand at the door and knock. I think this is a daily thing. He stands each day at the door of our hearts and knocks and for us to set aside a little bit of time, just a little bit of time, to pray. He says, yes, Lord, the door of my heart is open today. Come on in again. And he does because he's faithful. If you want some prayer for the end of the day, I'll highlight this now, but I'm, I'm going to uh, talk about it uh, at another time as well. You might want to try the examine. It's an ancient way of praying where you simply pause and then ask two questions. What was life giving from today? And what was life draining? And then you bring those things before God, the thing that was life-giving and the thing that was life-draining, and you ask Him to help you in the thing that was life-draining. And you celebrate and ask for more of the things that were life-giving. It's fantastically simple. We've done it for many a time with our children. I encourage you to do that as well. I'll give you some more of that later on. If you're not having a daily time of prayer, can I suggest this? If you're not having a daily time with God, then you are having a daily time without Him. And you can change that. Psalm 23 says this, Even though I walk through the valley, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. In whichever version of the Bible you've got in your head. 
He wants to be with us in every circumstances, in the joys and in the valleys. Will you let him? Let's move on to just talk about reading each day. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path, says the psalmist. I don't know about you, but I want to have the mind of Christ. I need my thinking, which is so often wonky and confused, to be rewritten so that I've got the mind of Christ. I need to be transformed by the renewing of my mind so that I know what His will is. Because when I try and figure it out by myself, I mess it up. I need my mind renewed. I need the mind of Christ. How do we do that? We do that by having a diet where we're feeding on the Word of God. As we feed on the Word of God, not just on a Sunday with the preacher, but by yourselves. You know, we have the Bible in English. This is a revolution that you and I can hold the Word of God and that it's not held up and contained by priests. So don't default to just hearing from me. Get hold of the Bible and read it for yourself. And allow His Word to transform your thinking. To do this is not dependent on how educated or clever you are. You can read it in Greek if you've got a PhD. Or if, like me, actually you struggle to read, and I do, for my daily reading, I have the Bible read to me. It's great. Technology is wonderful. There's a little app called the Bible app, and you tell it what you want it to read, and it reads it to you. And sometimes it gets confused and reads the Psalms twice. I don't know why. And then you get to the exciting bit. I arrived at my, at my readings for this morning and we clocked over from Ecclesiastes to Song of Songs. I'm going to have an exciting couple of days. You know, you can read the Bible in so many different ways. You can read it in a year. You can read it by theme. I've put some ideas on the church website for you. But you can also read it slowly. I've had seasons in my life where I've just read Romans chapter 8. Just Romans chapter 8. Every day. I mean, if you don't know how to read the Bible can I suggest that you just start with Romans chapter 8. Don't worry about Exodus and Leviticus and all the other stuff that's going to weigh you down to begin with. Just read Romans chapter 8 every single day. At the end of six months, your life will be completely different. First part of 2017, Meg and I together read Psalm 18 every single day. We just wanted to dig into whatever God had got for, got for us. As we read the Word of God, what happens is we allow the Holy Spirit to till the soil of our life, to take out the things that shouldn't be there and to plant in the good stuff.
filling our minds with the Word of God. You can either read the Bible each day and have your mind filled with the Word of God. Or you can read all sorts of other stuff. Either way, you're going to have your mind filled. So make a choice about what you want to fill it with. Um, Would anyone find it helpful to have this? I bought five copies of them to give away today. It's Nicky Gumbel's 30 Days. Okay? So either have it as a topper uh, for helping you kind of kickstart your Bible reading. Um, It's got great, it's got a reading in there and a thought from different parts of the Bible. Who wants this? I'm giving it away free. Fantastic. I'm going to start here. The deal is this. When you're done with it, you have to give it to someone else within All Saints and tell them what to do with it. Is that all right? Pass it on. Okay, so I'm expecting these to kind of go around the church. I've got five of them, so it's going to take, I don't know how long it'll take to get around the church. Let me come into land, because I've, I've preached for too long. Um, what's going to happen if you do this, if you get into this habit again? Well, I can tell you what will happen if, if you don't. If you don't, you'll go quietly off the boil. You'll slowly lose your faith and lose heart. You'll probably stop coming as regularly. But you know if you do, if you do do this, what will happen is you'll, you'll make space for the Holy Spirit to do His work in your life. You'll start to have the mind of Christ. You'll become more aware of the Holy Spirit's leading each day. I don't want to set these things out on a, as a formula, but what I know that is, if we do these things, that God is faithful. We'll grow in the fruits of the Spirit. We will have more peace. It's not necessarily that life will be any easier, but we can know more of His peace. We'll start to seek first the kingdom of God, and we'll become a church on the way.